Hey everyone, Maddie here. First of all, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Aquademia podcast. This is the first episode in our Sustainable Living series. I sat down with Sean and Justin to talk about what you, our listeners, can do to start living a more sustainable life. We wanted to keep it really simple for our first episode and talk about some simple tips for you and why it's not really that hard to start living more sustainably. We're going to release more Sustainable Living series episodes every few weeks, giving you tips on actions you can take to have less of an impact on the environment. To share your tips on how you live sustainably, be sure to email us at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or leave us a voice message at 603-384-3560. Hope you enjoy our conversation today. Let's talk about seafood. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. What's going on, guys? What's, uh, what's new? Oh, not much. Just uh, wrapped up my lunch. Now I'm sitting in here getting ready to have a invigorating conversation with the two of you. Are you as full and sluggish as I am right now? I am full of guacamole. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I did have my uh, fair share of guacamole. <laughs> I had more than my fair share. <laughs> but to, to try to balance having what we ate for lunch, I thought it would be healthy to have an apple when really I just added more food to my yeah. belly. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The concept the logic was, was yeah, <laughs> the logic was sound. It just didn't actually work out. So this is our first time that we're doing the first episode of our sustainable living series. So I asked each of you and myself to come to the table with one easy tip that we can implement into our lives to uh, live more sustainably. And I came with one and Maddie came with a list of 50. <laughs> And I'm going to borrow one of hers because I just brought a couple <laughs> and of Justin, And Justin came with one that he stole from me. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can maybe touch on a couple today because we're going to be doing this every few weeks. But um, the first one that I found and I actually saw it everywhere that I looked for kind of basic tips was being aware of and trying to reduce disposable products. So, I mean, we all use one-time use razors and water bottles, you know, you throw the bottle out after you're done and all of those little single packaging foods and everything, that trash builds up to like an ungodly amount and it's not always handled in the right way when it's put into landfills and stuff like that. So I think the one thing that I saw with all this stuff was just use reusable products as much as you can. So get reusable water bottle and travel mugs and packaging for food and stuff like that. I know I use a lot of disposable products. <laughs> yeah, my dad was super proud the other day. I came home and on the counter there was just a bunch of weird mesh bags that were all very colorful. There was about 20 of them. So I obviously noticed them and I was like, dad, what the heck is going on here? And he was so proud to tell me that he found on Amazon this pack of 20 bags that is specifically for reusable bags that you can put your fruit in when you go to the farmer's market or the grocery store. So he was so excited to tell me all about those. And that's another way that you can do it. And Did he use them once and then throw them out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's used them yet. 
<laughs> they're still sitting on the counter. But thinking about how much one-time products we use, it can go across so many different parts of your life. So even going paperless in more situations, when you come home and you're, you check your mailbox and there's a stack of 20 envelopes of things that you do not care about, you can just contact those companies and tell them that you want to get off their mailing list. Please stop sending me yeah prepaid credit cards or whatever exactly like even something little like i don't care that. if i'm approved for a million dollar credit card <laughs> i used to think i was special then i realized my wife got the same one yeah and i was like oh well geez <laughs> <laughs> well two things i'm taking from this conversation one john you have a perfect point about the amount of waste that goes into a lot of the products we buy every day so me for example we i eat yogurt and those come in containers that are plastic and right. so it's being conscious of do you buy instead of buying five because I have five days in the working week. Well, any of those execs that are listening, seven days in my work week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I uh, fifteen hour days, <laughs> seven days a week. <laughs> but what, so you have potentially five items of plastic you're putting in the recycling uh, every day, or do you buy one big thing of yogurt and? kind of use that instead so you're, st you're still having waste but yeah reuse but every day less uh what we started doing is you know our child is now the child in school that comes with her like leftovers in like yogurt containers and whipped cream or whatever other plastic containers mm. come with tops that mm -hmm. we can yeah the reuse cool, the cool whip container is is pretty clutch <laughs> yeah as long as she's not microwaving anything in it, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> and then to your point, Maddie, when your father felt like really excited that he just purchased these reusable bags, like there is a sense of, even if you haven't done it yet, like accomplishment that you're you're doing something that's benefiting the the planet and that kind even of it's like- just a little thing. Mm -hmm. like Yeah. And, and we've encountered the same thing. Like we travel- to the grocery store now with reusable bags and it's just one of those things where it's second nature because we've been doing it long enough that we just go hey well we're not wasting this plastic now and i find myself telling the the baggers at the grocery store like no plastic fill them up as much as you can because i think you can put a lot of food in those bags and they get super heavy mm -hmm. but i don't that's like the one thing with grocery shopping where like we don't want plastic bags if we can help it so mm -hmm. um we're always like fill them up as much as you can we'll fight through it if it's too heavy <laughs> like we'll figure it out but Load because, them up, because even though you sometimes even though you give them the reusable bags they still like wrap all your meat individually in plastic bags and then they'll put different types of products in plastic bags in the reusable bags which totally defeats the purpose so i yeah. always have to tell them like because sometimes they'll ask me, like, how much do you want in these bags? And I say, I want all of it in these bags if you can manage. <laughs> <laughs> our grocery store, our local grocery store charges now extra. To, it's not like a like free that. service. That's like so a new movement, uh, at least in the States. That's I think, yeah. I think that definitely has been a thing overseas in Europe and the UK for a little bit. But I think that's like a new thing in the US. And I imagine Americans get really angry about it. But <clears throat> I think that's really good. Yeah, my town recently banned all plastic bags. So if you do if you don't bring a reusable bag with you, then you can pay 10 cents and you can only get a paper bag. Like they don't even offer plastic mm. bags. You can't pay for them. They're just not available anywhere. And all the little shops in the downtown area, like the mom and pop shops, all of them use paper bags as well. If you're caught with a plastic bag, do you go to jail? 
Yes. They immediately, <laughs> they, they will. The bag police. Come they'll come you. swarming and then they'll, they'll tackle you to the ground and they, they say, they don't, they plastic don't, police. They don't need a warrant to search your house for plastic bags. <laughs> it's the one exception. <laughs> so my wife has a fascination with these people who are like zero waste. Like that's their goal. And they and this, we don't we do not live this way. We are. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to make people think that I'm just on my high horse telling people how good we are at conserving our products that we use. But she has this fascination, and she'll go down this rabbit hole, this internet rabbit hole of watching videos and reading articles and blogs of people who are zero waste, and they like all of their food is you know they buy in bulk and they store it in glass containers, and it's fascinating, and it seems like a super healthy, low clutter way to live. And we've tried to take certain steps to not go totally in that direction, but like to be less wasteful. Yeah, some um, of those techniques are manageable. I mean, yeah, to be I mean, the extreme, I think, would be you'd really have to be committed. Yeah, we went out and we bought a bunch of, you know, ball jars and we went to some. There are some health food stores that are not like the major grocery chains where you can buy things like rice and. A couple other types of, you know, bigger bulk products like that. You just scoop it into your bag that or a container that you bring in and you pay for it by the pound. Mm -hmm. So we did that and we found it. I mean, unfortunately, it was less convenient and it was more expensive. So it was hard for us to keep up with that. It's a two striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, we you really have to work to be like low waste, especially in America where everything is so conveniently packaged in these disposable packages. It's mm-hmm. like... Like we were talking about the when we talked with Molly, me and Justin t- spoke about the pre-measured meal service where like HelloFresh and some of those other ones where they you get a big box with ice packs in it and it's all the ingredients you would need to make a meal for two or four for a few different meals all measured out. But like you get like they measure it down to like this is the amount of salt you need to put in and it's in a little disposable plastic bag that you just throw out afterwards you can't even reuse it because it's like not sealable so there's a lot of waste that goes into like that stuff so convenience versus living living more sustainable is that's like a lot of headbutting Mm -hmm. and it is expensive it sucks yeah (laughs) but it comes down to people making decisions what do you see your role (laughs) as how are you going to make a difference i mean some people may say it's too much work. I'm not going to do anything. And then there might be people who go to that extreme route you were talking about. And, you know, hopefully that there's like a balance that there's enough people making a difference that I don't know where I was going with this one. No, you're right, though. It's so easy to, to go down that route of like, oh, this is hard or this is con- inconvenient or this is not in my budget. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And it's really, really hard to say I'm giving up plastic. <laughs> I'm just not going to have plastic in my life um, and have zero waste. I do know some people who have done that. When I used to work at the aquarium, I had a fellow, a coworker who just started documenting all the, she didn't throw away her plastic. She put it in a big pile. And at the end of every week, she took a picture of it and said, this is all the plastic that we use this week. And then she wow. would, you know, recycle it and get rid of it. And then you saw those piles get smaller and smaller. And over after a couple of months, she got down to almost n- not using plastic throughout the week. But that was all she could focus on for those three or four months. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that she did, she had to think about, What am I using plastic in this? Am I using anything that can go in the trash? And uh, I mean, I get it. It's easy to just say, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think to bring it back, for people to do more sustainable 
to live more sustainably, they need to start really small. Yep. And pick one thing. Yeah. Like if you shave your face with a one-time use disposable razor, say you shave every three days, right? And then so twice a week or so, you're going, you're throwing away these razors and getting a new one. Maybe invest just a little more money and get one that you can reuse three or four times. And then that's three or four razors that are not in the trash. Yeah. So like pick one thing. Like what's one thing that, okay, I drink a lot of water and my fridge is stocked up with plastic water bottles and I drink one every day. Maybe you get a big old refillable water bottle and you drink tap water, which is in most case pretty safe, mm-hmm. depending on where you are. Another small example is that a lot of, if you go out and buy your coffee frequently, a lot of cafes will give you a discount or money back or money off of your purchase if you use a reusable cup. So like, for example, I know that Starbucks is a big chain and a lot of people likely have one near them and they give you 10 cents off of your drink if you use a reusable cup. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but when you add it up, that's actually a lot of money that they're giving away. Yeah, if you get a to, coffee every day. Yeah, that's that's a good amount of money that you can save. Up. And I know a lot of local cafes near me, they'll only charge you the price of a small, even if you get a large, if you re, if you use a reusable cup. Right. How do you know it was a latte? Because it cost a latte. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like, I think my advice to listeners would be to start with one thing. And if you don't know where to start, I would recommend starting with water. Get a reusable water bottle. We had those, we got these sweet blue water bottles with our logo on it here at GAA right before Christmas time. And I totally stole like five of them <laughs> and gave them to everyone in my family in their stockings. It's a so great stocking had, stuffer. So everyone had a reusable water bottle and it works really well, keeps your water cold. And I drink more water when I have the reusable water bottle than when I don't. Because Especially if they have a straw, then it's like you're just going to drink it all day long. Yeah. So if easy. it's there, if it's there, you'll drink it. If it's not there, you won't think to. So you're helping your body as well. Justin, you got anything else? I think we can put the pressure on an individual or a family to, to make small steps. And I think there's a bigger picture too. And that's understanding why it's important to live sustainably. And I think the bigger picture is companies making the adjustment where now we're going to charge for plastic or paper bags. Our town offers free recycling every other week. So, you know, it's still on the individual or that family to get your recycling out there. But to offer a service like that, you know, there's a cost. I'm sure I pay for it through my property taxes, but it's a hidden line item. Um, But I feel like there's things that need to be done at the higher level to, to almost steer people in that sustainable direction, even if they're not willing to do it because there's whether it's higher taxes on certain products or just making things easier, offering free services that God forbid the government pays for. But (laughs) (laughs) well, it's the, for some people you need an incentive to do it because they're like, why would I bother doing that? Yeah. If it's not as convenient, then what's in it And if you say, because it's helping the planet, that's not going to work for them. So how do you talk to people like that? How do you, tell them why they should be doing something or using creating less waste or why it's important to do that. I mean, how do you get through to some people? Yeah, I had a whole project on changing people's perception in college and it really came down to the word belonging. So if someone doesn't feel like they belong or are a part of something, they're not going to be invested. So if it 
turns into, you know, for the person who just says it's too much work, it's too expensive, and we can't force people to spend more money to to go to like some of these Whole Foods type places. Some people just don't have that option. But if you offer a free recycling program in your town, how do you get someone to who normally would say, well, it's still a pain to get my cans and plastic. Yes, yeah, separate. And separate everything. things to do that. But if there's a sense of belonging, like these people's social network of friends is starting to do it and they're and they're seeing how this is actual, actually helpful, then they're more apt to give it a try or, or think about it. And it's it's not easy, but it's there's a little bit of science behind not tricking people, but getting them to see the benefits of, do, of doing something. Yeah, it's the we're all in this together mentality. It really helps. It's almost peer pressuring, but in a positive way, because it's it's not forcing you, but it's encouraging you to do something. I like, Justin, what you said earlier about you get that kind of soft, warm and fuzzy feeling inside when you do do something like a sense of accomplishment. So I think if you can if people are having trouble convincing other people like why it's good to create less waste, you know, if you can get them to do the one thing like use a reusable water bottle or not get disposable products and or choose one product that you use that's disposable that maybe you can maybe don't not like toilet paper but you know <laughs> or instead, buy in bulk or yeah, diapers instead of instead of buying you know an extra sheet of paper towels maybe you just get a, another dish rag so mm. you don't use as many paper towels like you know you, you take that one step and allow them to get that sense of accomplishment and that sense that they they are doing something even though it's might seem insignificant to them and then that stuff just kind of builds little by little. It's all human behavior. Think of psychology. It's all psychology. People getting into the gym again, trying to get into shape. You know, that first step is always the hardest. And once you start getting into a groove or a pattern, you've invested and it's almost second nature. Then, you know, a lot then of it's just part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's quitting smoking can be like the same thing. That, that first step is really hard and it takes real commitment for the first. I mean, I don't smoke, so I don't know how I would guess it would be a month or longer of getting into that groove of not smoking whatever method you would choose to get to that point where you're on the path of recovery. (laughs) I think just being aware too of how much garbage you're producing. I think a lot of us try not to think about it. I mean, my family creates a lot of garbage. I'm going to have two babies soon. I mean, we're going to be pumping out diapers into landfills like it's no one's business. But um, Well, now it's everyone's business. Now it's, everyone, <laughs> now it's everyone's business. But, you know, we to, to sit and think about how much waste daily or weekly you're actually creating, just being aware of that makes you want to just do something about it from a conscience point of view, you know. I used to do substitute teaching and I, I did this at, at the aquarium as well but we used I used to do this program this lesson where we would line up a bunch of pieces of paper and draw a river right down the middle of it and then give all of the kids each one piece of paper so they have like kind of like waterfront property on this river and we say okay you're given five million dollars you can build whatever you want on your property and you say go and they draw whatever they would build they'll draw amusement parks and they'll do you know football stadiums and all this these different things that they dream up and they love it and then you line them all up together and you have this big river with all these things right along the riverside and then you go but one by one okay what did you do i i did a football stadium because i love football okay that's awesome so you got 
a parking lot with oil dripping from cars and that goes down into the river and then you draw and a marker all over their picture <laughs> and then you drop trash because you're like, okay, there's a lot of people. You get thousands of people every week in, in this place dropping trash all over the place. So then that flows down into the river and then you drop, you know, you literally grab the trash can and you drop candy wrappers and whatever's in the trash. So by the time you get to the bottom of the river, all of their pictures are completely destroyed there's garbage everywhere. It's disgusting and it looks horrible. And then yeah. they get an idea of how much of an impact doing stuff like that does. Like having a lot of people, like it's not to teach them, oh, we're we're destroying the planet, but it's to teach them awareness of when there's a lot of people, there's, there's a lot you of get trash. a lot of trash. That's what happens. And, and some stuff you can reverse. So then we say, okay, what can we do about this? All right, we can pick up the trash. We can go out and we can do cleanups and we can pick up what's there already. So you go by and you go through and you pick up all the garbage and the candy wrappers and everything. But then there's still all the, these more permanent things that you drew on with markers and stuff like chemical spills and water pollution and soil pollution and stuff like that. So, you know, we did that as a way to try and get kids aware of the impact that people have on the planet from a young age. So when you're thinking about it, you can start thinking, okay, maybe I should, you know, instead of buying a Poland spring bottle, maybe I should just fill up this bottle that's in my bag with tap water or water from a, you know, from a fountain. Mm -hmm. So kids are destroying, you're destroying the environment and destroying kids' dreams. Yeah. It was pretty effective. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have built a soccer field because no one goes to those events. So there'd be zero trash. You always get that. You would always get that one kid who's like, I built a wildlife refuge <laughs> where I don't allow like the kid who's like seen this before and he's like I don't allow any people in <laughs> so then you got to get creative and you're like okay so then you need guards right to not let any people in and they're gonna have cars and they're gonna be eating so I guess there's gonna be trash there too <laughs> like animal waste where there's people there's fertilizer trash. Yeah. it all seeps in the yep yep <laughs> it's funny though because they would always get so mad because you know one kid that's further up upstream in the river would you know, build something that has a lot of waste and then it would flow all the way down and you're not even at their drawing yet and they're it's already full of trash and it's mm. already destroyed and they're like, well, I, w I wanted to do this, but I couldn't because <laughs> my property is co yeah. completely full of garbage and destroyed. That's a powerful image. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun lesson, but uh, it's... Well, maybe fun's the wrong word. Oh, it is fun. They have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> do any kids cry when you destroy their paintings? I've never had a kid cry doing that, no. My daughter would have. Oh. Well, I don't. I don't do it with four-year-olds. I would do it with fourth or fifth graders. <laughs> yeah, a little bit over so, her head. So the takeaways, I think, because we're getting a little long. I think being aware of how much waste you produce on a daily or weekly basis will help you want to live more sustainably. And the first step to doing that, uh, in regards to creating less waste, is to pick one thing and. Make it your thing. Make it your thing and make it a habit and uh, try to reduce as much of your waste as you can in that one particular area. Yeah. They say it takes 21 days to form a habit. So once it becomes a habit, then you don't have to think about it and then you, then you the can come up with another thing. Yeah. So thanks for talking about sustainability, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, guys. We really appreciate it. There's going to be more episodes like this in the future where we give more sustainable sustainability tips. This one might seem a little broad, but it felt like it's a good place to start. So with that, I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, guys.